Hey, Swore Squadron. Hope y'all are doing well. Today is Tuesday, October 3rd, 2023. You are listening to Star Wars Old Republic Radio, Ahsoka, our, our final episode review of Ahsoka. Season 1, because you never know what's going to happen in the future. I'm your host, Bella. I'm Ruby. And today we're going to talk to you. You listen to us. We talk to you about <laughs> Ahsoka Part 8. The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. Pretty much. <laughs> pretty much. Which, actually, that name is very interesting because Dave Filoni has said before in an interview, you know, in The Magician's Nephew in Narnia, the book, there's the wood between the worlds, if you don't know. It's, it's very similar to the concept of the world between worlds, just, you know, different outcomes is... They had, you know, it was a woodland and there were different puddles that would lead to portals. I guess more ponds, I would say, not really puddles. And so, you know, the kids jump through the different ponds mm. and stuff. But basically, that's the magician's nephew. So then when this, this title comes up, it's like the lion, the witch, and the wardrobe. Mm. So it's pretty cool that parallel there. Dave definitely draws inspiration from all kinds of things which he learned from george lucas Mm -hmm. which is where we get the samurai aspects of ahsoka and yeah all kinds of stuff gunslinger western vibes and mando Mm -hmm. so to start this out just wow yeah and to to anybody who watched this and has an opposing opinion not to be rude i don't want to hear it (laughs) Because I think this is genuinely one of the best things that's come out of Star Wars in in a good while, mm-hmm. at least for me. Oh, I I agree. Like, towards the end when we were watching it and just, you know, the climax yeah. was building up, I got this feeling like, this mm-hmm. is Star Wars, man. What a time to be a Star Wars fan with this show. Because I'm not saying the other shows are not good because they are right. really good. I liked all the Star Wars shows. But this one was incredible. Yeah. Because it wasn't it wasn't like every episode you were left completely wanting something. Like you were totally so satisfied at the end of each one because you were given something big. Mm-hmm. Even if like you don't know if you didn't watch Rebels or if you didn't watch Clone Wars, it was still, I think it would still have that aspect of, of mystery more so, I guess, but Mm. also like, it's just really great storytelling and that's admirable. I heard someone say that Ahsoka has been a love letter to Mm. Clone Wars and Rebels fans. Yeah. And I feel like that's so true because Mm -hmm. they're pulling so many deep cuts and so many obvious cuts as well just into this show and just like this show was really made for those fans Mm -hmm. who have been there through it all with Dave Filoni pretty much because he's now pulling things in the Clone Wars you thought were fillers yeah and things in Rebels (laughs) that you know led up to this climactic ending and just to see all of it working together and working very well together Mm -hmm. is it really is a love letter to all of us fans. Yeah. We're even just like pulling from legends like with Thrawn mm-hmm. and the Night Sisters and the Great Mothers and 
it all comes together so nicely and it it's like it was made to be this way Mm -hmm. and people are and dave's just putting the pieces together so it's it's really nice to see it come to full picture come to full circle and it's like we get to witness that and we get to be oh it's this piece oh it's that piece and it fits together and then there's a new piece that is like oh what's that yeah and for dave to be able to tell us a new story that feels so ancient yeah is incredible yeah because now we're seeing which we're gonna talk we're kind of brushing over everything but we're gonna get into depth on all this but now we're seeing the mortis gods Mm -hmm. you know coming out and little tiny aspects of things the dathomirians especially they they feel so ancient and yet Mm -hmm. we're seeing we're getting new stuff from them still and it's just it's all coming together perfectly it's because there's there's so much depth in each in each component to the story that it's 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 hard to skim over and it's hard not to recognize it mm-hmm. like with Balin and Shin like there's something there that we don't know entirely about mm-hmm. but there's so much depth there that is written so beautifully and it fits really well mm-hmm. with with the old it's so good like even when they brought C3PO in last episode yeah like you bring an old character into a new situation, but it's like it's just it's something familiar and it's something so refreshing. Kind of also seeing this this old mixed with the new recalls to memory what it was like being a kid watching it the mm-hmm. first time. Like this is Star Wars. You're you're seeing a character like C three PO. Yeah. That you've seen since you were very, very young. And just for that to come in with this new you realize like wow, I kind of grew up with Star Wars and yeah. like just the feeling of, oh my goodness, what's going to happen? Because I'm not going to lie, like the majority of this episode, my mouth was like hanging <laughs> open and I was yeah. like leaning forward to the TV like, oh my gosh, yeah. what are we watching right now? I just got that feeling of, you know, sitting and watching the Clone Wars yeah. and it's just such a great feeling now to still have that that same like, Oh my gosh, what's gonna happen? I I love this show and it's it's amazing. You feel you really feel like you're watching something that really did happen a long time ago mm-hmm. in a galaxy far, far away. And it's cool that that feeling's very present in this yeah. show as well. Yeah. How about for our opening of the episode? Let's start strong with the sword of Talzin. <laughs> You know some Clone Wars episodes that you're you're wondering if it was real or if it was a dream? Yeah. I would say the the episode with this sword's first appearance was more aligned with the the dream. Yeah, like a fever dream. Yeah, because in this episode I saw the sword and I was like that is familiar. Mm-hmm. That is weirdly familiar. I feel like I've seen that sword before in a dream. It was so cool. I had a vision. <laughs> Oh, oh no, that's, that's not good. That's what got Morgan where she was. <laughs> but um, it's in season six. It's that one Jar Jar episode with that love interest. Yeah. That's like that. You know, that's part of the reason why this seemed like such a dream. Yeah. But um, let's it, see. It this this lady's held hostage. Uh, Mace Windu was there. <laughs> I should just explain it like it was a dream. So uh, this mother Talzin steps off a ship. 
decides that she wants to hold this ritual where not good things happen. Doesn't she like suck? Try to suck the li- the force out of some. Yeah, because she thing? had some powerful force, and then there, like, and there was this orb <laughs> that had a lot of power in <laughs> and it. And a giant monocle that has several other monocles. Yeah, but anyway, the whole point of that is when Mace Windu, you know, locks in combat with Mother Talzin, who is one of the Dathomirians, someone we saw in the Clone Wars. She she pulls out this sword in the same way that it appears in Ahsoka. Mm-hmm. So that was such a cool tidbit. Like, Dave, like, man, this is going to be so cool later on while writing the Clone Wars. You have to wonder, like, does Dave plan ahead for all of this stuff? Or right? does he just like, hey, this lines up really well with this. This would be the perfect opportunity for this. I know. I feel like it's very... 50 50 mm. if i had to guess some He's things like just work out like i just wanted her to have a sword back then and he's like that's it let's bring this in this, oh yeah this sword of talzin and give it to morgan or this was his big plot that you know surrounded the entire show of ahsoka just surrounded yeah. by this the sword he wanted he came up with everything else after the fact which i highly doubt but you never know but yeah that that was a super deep cut not the deepest cut that we saw in this episode no but that was really cool like just something so rooted so deeply in this dathomirian culture and history just to be able to summon this this flaming sword which did you ever read aragon no no uh if anyone who's read aragon i think you know where i was going with that there, there was a flaming sword. <laughs> Actually, this this episode reminded me a lot of Aragon with this flaming sword and then these undead soldiers. Hmm. I was getting some serious Aragon vibes. You should read it. I should reread it. It's been a couple years, actually. Hmm. Now would be the time to bring up Thrawn's pants. Thrawn's pantaloons. <laughs> what? Pantaloons? Is that a thing? Yeah. Pantaloons? I feel like, I think they're either, uh, it's, it can be like a name you call someone or they're like. Pantaloons, definition. Or they're like something. A woman's baggy trousers? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I thought you were making up words. No. Can we have a moment of recognition for Thrawn's pantaloons? Um, For his chicken thighs. (laughs) Yes. I would say. That, that was one of his opening scenes. You know, he's just his backs to the camera and you just see these <laughs> baggy thighs. Which is a thing with all the Imperials, you know, but nobody some wear it better them. than others. No, Nobody wears it better. Nobody wears it well. Nobody wears it well, but some wear it better. Thrawn just wasn't made no. for that. Has he ever had those? I was just thinking I that. I don't think he has. I mean... Maybe he's got pockets in there, and is that what you can fit? Who knows what? Why are they like that? No, he doesn't have. They just have parachutes in them. (laughs) Parachute pants. Imagine he gets pushed out of a ship, (laughs) and his pants just. (laughs) 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 That would be that would be Thrawn's escape plan. (laughs) He's like, well, if this ship goes down and the Purgle leave parachute pants it is which is actually parachute pants are the things like in the 80s right they're like 
parachute material. Oh. They weren't the same shape, but they were, like, baggy. Could they save you in the unlikely event that you fall? <laughs> they catch your fall. <laughs> yup. You look like you have chicken thighs when you wear them. Okay. Episode 9 of Ahsoka is going to be... What? When Thrawn what? fell out of the ship... <laughs> Oh, oh, gotcha. came crashing towards <laughs> Dathomir's surface. But guess what? The pantaloons saved him. <laughs> Moving on from Thrawn's pants. I, I really like the scene. One of the opening scenes, again, is Hewing and Ezra. Ezra's, yeah. re- you know, building a new lightsaber. He kind of needs one. He really misread Hewing yeah. at first. But then when he, you know, Hewing's very patient. He's he's bound to be patient. He's worked with kids for thousands of years. You know, he just casually mentions after after Sabine, <laughs> you know, mentions Kanan Jarrus' name after yeah. Hewing asked, who taught you how to build a lightsaber? Because he wasn't doing it right. He's like, oh, yeah, I, I taught Caleb Doom how to build his lightsaber. And that kind of stopped them both, because even Sabine seemed a little like, mm-hmm. wait, who are you again? Yeah. Like, I've been I've been traveling with this droid around for quite a while and never really asked about his history Yeah, with, you know, people that she might know and realizing, like, Kanan was a part of the Order, you know, way back when it was a yeah. thing. Well, even, like, when Huang was like, those were tough times. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, it was tough, tough times. He was a young Padawan during the Clone Wars. Yeah, and even, you know, he Wang telling what he was like at the time, just he was shy. Yeah. And then goes on to say, but it, it was tough times. And I know you haven't read The Brotherhood, Mm-mm. but it focuses, there's a specific scene where it focuses a lot on the younglings mm-hmm. and, you know, they're going to get their, their kyber crystals. J- this is them in the temple before that. And just kind of... Seeing the emotions from a youngling's perspective mm. living in the temple. So it always makes me think since since reading that, like, how deep the emotions of the younglings in the mm. temple are. Getting accustomed to, this is kind of all I've ever known. And, you know, they're, they're training me to be a Jedi that, you know, to a youngling is pretty cool. Like, whoa, I'm going to learn how to fight. I'm yeah. going to get a lightsaber. But then... Once the war came on, when you're a youngling, it's kind of a little more confusing. Just kind of being taught one thing of being a peacekeeper and all this. Well, at the same time, everyone's out fighting a war. Everyone who's teaching you to be a peacekeeper is actively not keeping peace by fighting in a war. And, you know, being so young, you really don't question that. Mm. You're just like, oh, this is how we keep peace. This is what they're saying, so... I guess that's yeah. true. And then just, you know, caught in this right and wrong. And then especially once Order 66 mm-hmm. happened, if you survived that like Kanan did, it's a very confusing time because everything you were taught just came crumbling down. Yeah. There's also nothing to uphold what you were taught anymore, too. Mm-hmm. Which and we do see with Ezra and Shin and Sabine now, I guess. And how Kanan, after Order 66, had decided you know, just to strike out on his own way of training a Padawan and taking Mm -hmm. on a Padawan even. Yeah. And, you know, training Ezra to be who he is now, which I I always loved 
the bond between Canaan and Ezra because Canaan wasn't perfect. He mm. barely became a Jedi Knight. He was only knighted because, you know, they went into the temple on Lothal. And just the bond that they had was so unique compared to other masters and Padawans, which every bond has its own element of uniqueness, but some are more special than others. Mm-hmm. One is Anakin and Ahsoka had a very powerful bond. And I, I feel like Kanan and Ezra were very similar as well. Like, especially being out of the order, just being a, a Jedi who's been on the run, who found this young boy decided to take him in and they just become closer than they ever could have imagined it was also too because it was i think for ezra and kanan it was deeper than just being trained to be a jedi but it was you know teaching him teaching ezra to be a good person yeah and so there's that different their deeper level of connection Mm -hmm. and that's a very fatherly thing as well Kanan taught Ezra to protect the people he loves, and that's evidently what he did at the end of Rebels, and now he's back to do the exact same thing, Mm -hmm. because that's what he cares about most. Yeah, also, back to the bond, is that's a thing between Mm -hmm. all masters and Padawans. Yeah, and Huang's line. Yeah, I was about to, I was looking for it, where he says master and apprentice, you know, the duo, Yeah, is as challenging as it is meaningful Mm -hmm. and that's very true because like you just said is not just training Ezra how to become a Jedi but how to you know live and thrive in this life I guess you could say despite the the, despite the circumstances and that was true of all Jedi with their Padawans some Mm. some took it deeper than others but some took it deeper than others, and it, it was harder in the war mm-hmm. because you're basically training your Padawan to be a soldier, but you're also teaching them small things. You need to you need to study. You need to learn how to communicate with people, and all all the little things as well as the big things, and that's what made this bond so complex. It was like taking in a child, basically, mm-hmm. to, to raise as your own. And when they were ready, they, you know, would be knighted and would go from this this bond of master and Padawan to a bond as equals. But the bond would always be there. Yeah. They just, you know, they were at the same level. Mm-hmm. It's nice to see that a bond grow mm-hmm. with Sabine and Ahsoka. And I guess to see how it's mending after yeah. being a, a little bit broken. A lot of bit broken. Yeah. And how part of it, because we, we knew after the, mm. the one episode, it was something, you know, in Mandalore, the Night of a Thousand Tears, yeah. had caused a rift. But it was, you know, who initiated the rift. Yeah. And, you know, how it came about to where they split. But Ahsoka fearing Sabine because that's not the first time she's experienced something like Mm. that having witnessed someone what they can become just trying to deal with this fear of loss and the truth of loss yeah 
and what it can turn someone into because she's seen that closer than anybody Mm -hmm. because that was her master's fate. And so, you know, her decision to leave Sabine was out of fear. Yeah. But then we even saw, and we talked about this in our part five review, was she was even afraid of herself. Yeah. And what she could become having been trained and just becoming Anakin. She is in this legacy. And having come to terms with herself, she now is able to go back to Sabine and realize Mm. that it's not her job to abandon her. Right. But it's her her job to guide her because Sabine needs her more than ever. And I'm now thinking about in Mando season two, you know, when Din Djarin <laughs> takes Grogu to her and yeah. she's like, no, there's too much fear in him. Yeah. I'm not going to train him because at that point she might have, you know, tried training Sabine and then left Sabine mm. and is like, oh, there's another one. I'm not going to train him either. Just, wow. It's so powerful is they, they probably didn't even realize how connected they were mm. through this bond. Yeah. Just the first time around, even though there was so much fear involved. Mm. Well, even that scene right after with Huang and Ezra where Sabine goes out and talks to Ahsoka, Ahsoka's just like, I'm going to stand by you no matter what. Mm. That's that's my role. That's yeah. my master. Did, they, did that for me and I should be doing the same for you. And to me, that feels very like a very much like a parental kind of thing to do. Mm. It's just you may make bad decisions. I'm going to stand behind you no matter what. Granted, I may not support the bad decision. You may make it, but I'll be there. Yeah, I won't I won't leave when things get tough. Yeah. And also, I mean, you could totally see her reminiscing of yeah. when she was framed mm-hmm. in the Jedi Order, how yeah. every everything and everyone, they yeah. were all against her. Yeah. Because there was proof. She was framed and it was done perfectly to where every finger was pointed to Ahsoka. But Anakin didn't even, he didn't look at the evidence as, Mm -hmm. you know, oh, you know, you're kind of right. He's like, no, there, there is a reason. There's an explanation for this because he, he knew Ahsoka. He knew Ahsoka Mm -hmm. better than anybody. Yeah. And so just her remembering that, like, this this was a really bad time. He could have turned away because there was evidence, but he didn't. Yeah. So my my Padawan, Sabine, made a mistake. But there's good from that in realizing, because Huang had said a couple episodes earlier, maybe this was the only choice for Sabine. Yeah. And Ahsoka realizing that, just, you know, taking a step back and looking at this bigger picture of being so focused on the bad that you're forgetting to focus on the yeah. light. And the light was trying to find Ezra. Mm-hmm. I really love how much this Master Padawan bond, the importance of it, how it's highlighted in this series. Yeah. And not just through Ahsoka and Sabine, but through Balin and Shin and Ezra and the mentions of Kanan. Mm-hmm. Even the part where... Ezra's looking mm. for an emitter yeah. for his lightsaber. And then Huang's like, hey, I got one. Yeah. Your master had the same one. I kept this one as a spare. Yeah. Just kind of those little things because a bond that's strong, Kanan would never really truly leave Ezra. Yeah. And 
so just to have even something so simple as you know the emitter to your lightsaber Mm -hmm. like that's huge or like ahsoka's recordings of anakin Mm -hmm. which we were we were so scared for a minute they were gone (laughs) when the ship went down we weren't like oh sabine anyway we're like the recordings (laughs) the cool table (laughs) the cool table everybody steps on (laughs) also seeing i guess ahsoka the whites transition from you know transition of mindsets Mm -hmm. just looking back on that time of her life when she was framed and expelled from the jedi order you know she probably in the past looked back on that like the worst most confusing time of her life Mm -hmm. but now she's able to look back on it and gain a lesson from it yeah like you know through that entire time anakin never left me i'm never gonna leave sabine like i have done yeah so just this change in mindset of Mm. truly accepting her past yeah and even ahsoka and sabine's interactions of where it goes from the super heartfelt moment to where there's this this teaching moment of where trust in the force Mm. you know being a jedi isn't about wielding a lightsaber and sabine's like well you know um a good comparison is Ahsoka right now saying being a Jedi is more than wielding a lightsaber. Mm. Train your mind, train your body, trust the Force. That comparison to Din Djarin telling Grogu being a Mandalorian is not just about yeah. learning how to fight. You must also learn how to navigate the galaxy. That way you'll never be lost. But these these two different cultures, yeah. that Sabine, she's a part of both. And for those to both come together in perfect harmony, Mm. just kind of sealing her fate as this Mandalorian Jedi, it's such a cool aspect of it as well, just how in harmony that is. And then then Ezra just walks out like, hey guys, I got a lightsaber ready to go. And it's blue. It is blue. I was going to say that. It's blue. Yeah, you know when he first lights it, he's like, Hey, Sabine, has Ahsoka ever taught you to... And he turns and she's not there. I'm like, she's gone. Taught you to what? <laughs> Just curious what he was about to do. Yeah. Because anything could come out of Ezra's mouth. That's true. she ever tell you how to roast marshmallows with one of these babies? <laughs> Did you... I don't know if it was my mind that was looking at it differently, but his lightsaber, when he first ignited it, looked really thin. It did. Almost like Rebel-esque. I was like, that's a really cool detail. It is. Just the details put into these lightsabers in the show. Like even, you know how Ahsoka's has a different sound than Mm -hmm. the traditional lightsabers, which could come into play the fact that their healed kyber crystals Mm -hmm. might, you know, play into the sound. But then Ezra ignites his and it sounds so classic. It's such a classic sound. I like that they're able to do that, mm-hmm. you know, like there, there is a difference with lightsabers, especially with Dave Filoni, because, you know, he loves details and he purposefully had made mm. Balin and Shin's lightsabers kind of fluctuate in the more orangey yeah. area than red, just to show, you know, this inner conflict mm-hmm. of what's going on with them and their connection to the force. And so, you know... You never know what makes the lightsaber thinner, but it's all, you know, kind of just the wielder. It's based off yeah. of them. So his, you know, it's now blue. 
and it's thinner. I really like those details because then later on when you see Ahsoka, Sabine, and Ezra fighting, their lightsabers are all just so subtly different. I mean, yeah. for, I mean, one drastically, the colors are different, but yeah. you just see the different fighting styles that mm-hmm. they use, which I want to talk about Sabine's fighting style when we get to that scene. Yeah, I, I really like to, in those fighting scenes, how Ahsoka is very much the leader mm. or very much like the commander. Yeah. Like, like she knows how to be in those situations because that's what she, I mean, she was a soldier. That's yeah. so her leading Ezra and Sabine in that way was it's like, yeah. You should be intimidated by Ahsoka. I hit the mic. My bad. Yeah, I wanted to mention that too was specifically there was one part where they're riding on the howlers going to storm the fortress and Ahsoka's like riding out ahead of Ezra and Sabine. Like not just like they were side by side, but she was totally like... Not just, you know, taking up this leadership role, but, like, embracing it and, like, I'm leading this charge, like, Anakin would have done. Also, that CGI was incredible. It was. It really was. Like, it looked so good. I was very proud of that. Mm -hmm. And I didn't even make it. Nope. (laughs) I was proud to watch it. Yep. (laughs) Ezra has the worst timing. <laughs> he does. He's like, okay, just finished my lightsaber. Let's go fly down to the fortress. But then yeah. the Tie Fighters come. Which Thrawn? Let's talk about Thrawn's build up to sending out the Tie Fighters. Yeah. As soon as he he heard that Ahsoka was Anakin's Padawan, you could see he instantly was like, "This is gonna be a lot rougher than mm-hmm. I thought it was. I need." To plan because Anakin's very good at what he does. Yeah. And he knew Anakin. That's in the books. Mm-hmm. Which I have never read the books. But I'm, I'm, I think I'm going to get them. I'm going to read them. And then we should have an episode dedicated yeah. to Thrawn, his history with Anakin. And, you know, just Thrawn's history. Because it is very interesting just where he came from. His people were how he got involved with the Empire. Also, that scene right in the beginning where he's with the Great Mothers, and it has them, you know, making Morgan whatever Mm -hmm. she becomes. And then the scene where it's just him standing in the middle of the screen and then the two TIE fighters on either side drop down. Oh, my gosh. It was, that was so cool. I feel like we did a lot of screaming in this episode. Yeah. Or a lot of yelling. Yeah. Oh, a lot of shouting at Dave. And that was definitely one of those moments. Just yeah. because the the way the music would build up and then even the opening logo. That was scary. Like <laughs> we were just screaming yeah. and it was so fun. I we had a pack of wafers <laughs> and I was just stress eating <laughs> all the wafers. And that was just that was a lot of fun. And yeah. I feel like that's going to get me every time because, I mean, not a big surprise, but scores always get me. Oh, yeah. If the score is good. I feel like it's like that for a lot of people, though. Mm -hmm. And I think that one will forever get me. I had chills the entire episode. Yeah. Not just from the score. Line deliveries. Things, you know, coming into fruition that we've been waiting so long for. Yeah. That this was just one heck of a roller coaster. I feel like there was a lot of cheering. Oh, yeah. More than there was, like, David? 
Yeah, I feel like, like it was more like, Simon, you're, you're genius. Yeah, rather than David, you jerk. Yeah, you big yeah. fat jerk. No, I mean, <laughs> even if something sad happened, I would have been like, David, that was beautiful. Yeah. You know? Just yelling at this man. Although I was a little upset that we didn't get to see Hera and Ezra hug. But oh, it's okay. Yeah. You were it's pretty implied. mad. I I kind of I kind of liked it actually. It was really cuddle. pretty. You were pretty mad. I mean, and then the whole time you were like, "Where's Seb? Where's Seb?" <laughs> That's true because he wasn't there. Like, Where's Seb? Where's Jason? Like, He's not there either. I was like, "Ruby, shut up!" It's Ezra and Hera. It's like, what do you know what I did? Oh my gosh. Yeah, I'm I'm still I do want Seb. <laughs> and very interestingly. Because we were talking, and I, I didn't know this last week. I learned this over this last week. I really need to read the books. I really do. And it's it's going to happen. I'm going to I'm gonna get the books. Hmm. But Thrawn discovered that Anakin was Darth Vader because of some of Vader's fighting styles. Hmm. He, he made well. the connection. So he did know that Anakin became Vader. Which, you know, kind of led even into later on. Which I kind of want to talk about it when we get to that part, but his his you know speech his, to Ahsoka. Yeah, I really 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 like the part when the Tie Fighters came and started you know shooting mm-hmm. at the ship, and then the <laughs> ship started falling. Yeah, how Ahsoka and Ezra are underneath like force holding up the ship. It was just so cool to see because you see the force working in yeah matters of the mind and just that's the majority of what we've seen the force in ahsoka especially like the world between worlds it's mm-hmm. more of that mystical aspect whereas in this scene you saw that physical aspect of the force like they yeah. have this power to hold up a stinking ship yeah it was just really cool it kind of reminded me of the the greek story greek mythology story of atlas and him having to hold up the world if you ever i haven't i've read yeah. a lot of greek mythology but i haven't read that one hmm. Yeah, he, it was just, like, he was he did something, and he was cursed to hold up the weight of the world forever. Mm. That It just reminded me of that. Yeah. <laughs> That's he draws all. so much from such simple scenes. <laughs> Them holding up a ship. They hold up the weight it of the world. Reminds me of this Greek mythology. Well, I mean, that ship is their vessel home. Yeah. So, unless they find, find another, another whale. <laughs> Or get sent home by Mortis gods. Anyway, um, <laughs> okay, but the part, because, you know, they're fighting Moff. Sabine, you know, manages to get a little boost to take out the TIE fighters. The part, though, when they're, they're <laughs> watching and the ship's just like, you know, just like, yeah. oh my gosh. The way they start we booking panicking. it, though. <laughs> we like, they're like, gone, we, we they're said, dead. We said we were worried about the, the recording. Yeah. Well, no, because even the way they built up with Hugh Wang as well in the last episode, he was like, I hope I'm, I hope I live long enough to see this reunion. Yeah. And then they crash and you're like, Hugh Wang's a goner. <laughs> it's gone. Because <laughs> even they, they re-reminded us of that line in yeah. the recap this episode. Yeah. And usually when they do that, that means something happens along those lines. Yeah. So I, we were both pretty scared. Uh, that was purposely done. I believe oh, yeah. that it was purposely done. They definitely teased that. It was mean. It was mean. David! David! But, you know, they're okay, and then Huang stays back to fix the ship. That part, though, when he's watching them right away on the Howlers, and he just says, may the Force be with you. Yeah. That was another really impactful 
impactful moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because if they don't have the force with them, it's not going to succeed. And so it was a yeah. real, genuine, may the force be with you. Yeah. And especially even after that moment with Ahsoka and Sabine where she's like, trust in the force. And you do start to see this shift with Sabine. Mm-hmm. Also, Ezra still doesn't know the choice Sabine made. Mm-mm. Dang. Is he going to learn that from Hera? Hera doesn't know. Ahsoka's the only one who knows. Oh, you're right. Ahsoka and Huang are the only two who know that, that Sabine went choice. willingly to save him. And Dang. even Sabine finding out, like, I didn't tell anybody this you know ahsoka Mm -hmm. was off a cliff not even questioning how ahsoka knew yeah because now that she's starting to not doubt their bond (laughs) as much yeah either just like okay of course she knew she's my master they have a way of finding that stuff out you know the conviction of this imperial remnant is very powerful that that they have for for the empire Mm and willing to sacrifice their life and then be reawakened as undead soldiers. Yeah. Because Morgan, you know, was talking to Thrawn, like, these are your volunteers. They have agreed to sacrifice themselves for the Empire. And Thrawn had even, like, double questioned, like, they know what they're Hmm. getting into right now. And she's like, yes, they know. I think it it was Morgan who was like, they're doing it for you speaking to Thrawn and Thrawn's like they're doing it for the empire for the security of the galaxy which again it it kind of ties back to the conversation we had about Morgan like maybe having a teeny bit of a crush on Thrawn <laughs> just being like they would die for you we're like no they're gonna die for the empire have you seen Inside Out you know the imaginary I would die boyfriend for you. I, I would, would die, die for Riley, Riley. <laughs> yeah. but I guess that also goes to show like the importance of Thrawn in the empire mm-hmm being the last i guess biggest threat yeah being the heir to the empire yeah just to see this amount of conviction within the empire you know parallel to the rebellion forming like their same conviction to fight against the empire Mm -hmm. is just it's it's cool to see not just people like drafted in to serve this empire kind of just like oh this is this is the new Mm -hmm. I guess political power it just to see them like it fell they're kind of starting their own rebellion of sorts you know to fight back yeah so but it's it's much darker because they've got the night sisters behind them yeah ezra had also given a little description you know of how this came to be how thrawn came to be mm-hmm. in line with these death witches and how because ezra said you know we got here Thrawn woke up the witches yeah and you know rebuilt his his ship which I imagine you know as soon as Thrawn got there he's probably like looking for a a way out a way back whereas Ezra you know is just kind of he's waiting for Sabine Mm -hmm. because I don't think he ever really doubted Mm -mm. that Sabine wouldn't come through yeah so just holding tight to that plan I think Thrawn, too, he feeds off of that from the Jedi. So if he witnesses Ezra being so confident in someone coming to save him, he's going to wait that out mm-hmm. and get his men ready to control that situation yeah. and to take advantage of it, which he which he did completely. Yeah, and how 
the, the way it worked out, because imagine this, Thrawn awakens the witches, and now they're kind of in his debt, because mm. who knows if they were, this, this again, this is a place of dreams and madness, so who knows if they were in some kind of dormant form, but he finds a way to reawaken them, mm. they're kind of in his debt, and just not even, not even like, put there by you know his power like now you serve me they're kind of like we kind of want to help you because mm. you have this potential and then they you know they go to dathomir yeah in the end and so now they're kind of searching on a way to get to their galaxy mm. and so then they you know send dreams to morgan, morgan who is a descendant of the dathomirians yeah and just the way it played out you know she she gets these dreams she feels this this pull to Mm. serve the great mothers and also just her her connection with Thrawn whatever it might be in the past I know we say it's a crush (laughs) but you know her her building the eye this hyperspace ring Mm -hmm. to travel to this other galaxy meanwhile you know the events are working to where it's just kind of building up both of them, like faded that Sabine is there too, you know, because there's there's the, the rebellion side and then there's the Empire mm-hmm. side. They're both trapped out there. The way that they both went at the same time. Yeah. And they both made it back. Thrawn made it back. Ezra made it back. And <laughs> they it's basically <laughs> just like showing up, switching some places around and then <laughs> heading out, you know? Like the people who journeyed out there to save them none of them made it back but the ones stuck out there true. made it back i do like how morgan it kind of seemed that he that she could have been a bit of a bargaining chip with thrawn as well and the great mothers and be like hey i know this descendant of a night sister mm-hmm. in my galaxy if you guys can like do your voodoo stuff i can make it so that we all get back there <laughs> magic (laughs) what's the difference (laughs) yeah and how morgan going from being just you know a part of her history Mm. was being this descendant to it becoming everything that she is yeah and even taking i guess in a way a creed like this is gonna be this is my life i am pledging my life to this my loyalty my life yeah, so, I mean, she leveled up. She really did. Which I know we were joking about that in while, <laughs> while watching, watching it. We're like, dang, Morgan leveled up. Yeah. So, yeah. It was a cool level up. It's so it cool was. how, like, with these villains, they have such a trajectory that you're almost rooting for them. Like, yeah. especially with Thrawn. But Definitely with Morgan, Thrawn. you're like, I'm, I want, you're so cool. I want to see you fight Ahsoka. Like, I want you, I want you to succeed a little bit. And with Thrawn, it's just like you just you want Thrawn's plans to work, yeah. But at the same time, you want them to not because it's right. bad. It's well, bad because for the also we like it's such a good plan that when it's overcome by his opposers, it's much more grand mm. and it's it's yeah. much more it's a bigger victory. I remember you saying that I think a couple episodes ago. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's cool how you see different trios working as well. Like, you see the three great mothers, and then there's Thrawn, Enoch, and Morgan, mm-hmm. and then there's Ezra, Sabine, and Ahsoka. 
Mm. Even in the trilogies, it's Han, Leia, and Luke, and then, you know, Obi-Wan, Padme, and Anakin. Anakin. <laughs> I almost said Luke again. <laughs> yeah, and then the Clone Wars, Anakin, Obi-Wan, and Ahsoka. Yeah. Star Wars likes trios. Yeah. Also, the part when our, our favorite trio, well, I guess my favorite trio, Anakin, Anakin. He's not even there. Ahsoka, Ezra, and Sabine, you know, they're mm-hmm. riding to yeah. the fortress. And then Thrawn's <laughs> just like rain hell fire down on them. Open fire. Oh, it's just like, whoa. Yeah. Also, when they reached, when they got inside, Thrawn is like, there's that scene of his reaction to it. And he's just, he looks a little nervous. Mm-hmm. Like, he looks a little frustrated. And the way, like, despite him, like, okay they made it past he at this point is realizing i cannot beat them i need to slow them down yeah especially because ahsoka's there Mm -hmm. because if ahsoka wasn't there none of that really would have happened even if they were missing one of their members they needed all three of them to be there but he's he's kind of with each wave he's like okay i need something else to slow them down like he already had the plan in motion to take these troopers and to raise them from the dead or, you know, possess them or something to keep fighting because he mm-hmm. knew they're going to take out the troopers. Yeah. So we need something else to slow them down a bit. And then when he realized that they were progressing much faster, that's when he uses Morgan, mm-hmm. you know, as another barrier. And even the part because he's like, okay, Morgan, we still need more time. His last, you know, words to her, like, kind of justifying it is for the Empire. And then, you know, he goes and walks away and she whispers for Dathomir. Yeah. Like, this is why she's doing it. And I'm really interested to see the future because when they came back to the galaxy, they mm-hmm. went to Dathomir. Yeah. And they, the Grey Mothers were there, too. So just the future of how they're planning to reignite the empire in its rise to power yeah and why use dathomir i wonder mm-hmm. if it was just like an arrangement that thrawn made with yeah. the great mothers or if it was just if he's actually going to use whatever they're gonna do for the empire mm-hmm. yeah because it could have been just you know circumstance mm-hmm. he kind of ended up here he discovered this deep force power that yeah. the witches have and decides to use that because Peridia is a very force-saturated place because mm-hmm. we even say that later on in our Balin scene, which I we should give that a dedicated time for, yeah, to talk about because I feel like that's so gonna good. that's gonna be a lot of this for um, sure. One of my favorite moments, and it was only like ten seconds. So they were so good. Oh uh, yeah, that was a lot of screaming too. But okay, so Ahsoka, Ezra, Sabine storm the fortress. They're fighting. The troopers, they knock them all down. That that scene where, you know, Ahsoka's not only fighting, but she's yeah. also she's delegating. also surveying. Yeah, and delegating. You know, Sabine, use your blasters because yeah. she even sees Sabine gets hit and is like, you know what? I think she's gonna be better with using the blasters because she's she's able to block some of the blaster bolts, but you can't deflect them back right to the troopers to take it out. So basically all she's doing is being a shield. Yeah. So then, you know, they switch to kind of the sword and shield maneuver where Sabine's mm-hmm. behind Ahsoka and Ezra. But just watching them all individually yeah. fighting the troopers. Like, there's one part where Ezra <laughs> just goes to town. Yeah. And then there's a part with Ahsoka, you know, using the force and just 
everything and then later you see sabine even starts using one lightsaber in her hand one blaster but even like when they're storming storming the castle running through all the hellfire and ahsoka is telling ezra to open the door yeah and she tells sabine to help out she knows that connection to the force that sabine has isn't very strong yet but yet Mm -hmm. she tells her to do it anyway and whether or not she did it then yeah or even if you know her influence in the force can help yeah you know the others as well just Mm. like building that connection to the force to help open the door yeah or like when ahsoka connected with sabine last episode with Mm -hmm. their bond if that awakened any part of the force in ahsoka as well in sabine in a sabine yes (laughs) In, in sabine yeah also we didn't get to talk about that last week just that moment of oh yeah them reawakening or i mean even awakening for the first time the realization that they have this bond yeah just getting to see that further deepen in this episode as well you know when talking more about the lightsaber fight when thrawn was like prepare for a ground assault you know ready the troopers yeah as soon as he said that i was like oh my gosh we're gonna get a lightsaber fight like with all three of them and just you know the the stairwell scene Mm -hmm. with them you know they how they all have their lightsabers they're you know running from stormtroopers zombies and it, it reminded me a lot of bad batch season two you know the cody episode yes I when they're fighting too. on the stairs and then cody you know just mm-hmm. takes out the droids with his knife it just kind of reminded me of that because it was like the same setting yeah but just then it kind of made me think like just in terms of where they are now in star wars compared to something like the bad batch mm. like how how long ago that is you know when the clones were such a huge part of the galaxy especially after the war you know there was so much debate about their future because they had no place to call home and nothing they couldn't they they didn't know how to do anything Mm. but fight and so that was like a huge problem and now just like how far it's come since then where you know Mm. there's not a lot of clones left in the galaxy and they're all scattered and a lot of them are homeless probably and just to see something so similar and it's taking place in another galaxy yeah. there's three jedi it's just it's really cool how there's just so much that has happened in star wars yeah and how like there's these two different time periods but so so closely connected to both yeah you know like she she's the same padawan that we saw fighting beside the clones and now now she's in another galaxy (laughs) she's come so far yeah literally literally also another thing when they're fighting in the stairwell when ezra gets (laughs) caught from behind and sabine lightsabers the guy yeah (laughs) stabs him the part though because he's like sabine help me and he's like careful careful (laughs) yeah he's just like i miss you yeah, the fact that here's the thing because at first she had the blaster and he was kind of yeah. like shoot your shot well i guess don't don't miss and he yeah. trusts that she won't miss he, you know there's still that panic though but mm-hmm. as soon as she draws the lightsaber he's just like <laughs> like his heart dropped yeah he's like i'm a goner yeah basically it was just so funny and the part two you know he's like wow you you really been training and she's yeah like, yeah what's your excuse yeah the part though when he's like i missed you yeah Aww. so cute i also do like how 
I, it felt like after that moment, Sabine started relying more on her lightsaber mm-hmm. rather than her blasters. And then at the end, she's using both. But it, it's nice to see Sabine be confident in those abilities. Mm-hmm. I feel like Sabine had a bit of a level up too. Oh, yeah. Like she's way more confident in her lightsaber and in her fighting. Yeah, I mean, part of it might be just the necessity of it. Mm-hmm. She's fighting between two experienced Jedi you kind of mm-hmm. rise to the occasion mm-hmm. and just like kind of learning as you go and just getting yeah. the confidence of I'm one of them it's kind of like it's all coming together for her like mm-hmm. these pieces that she knows are finally fitting into yeah. where it needs to be yeah and realizing like the the training that I've gone through and stuff because mm-hmm. her mindset before might have been I am training to be a Jedi for revenge on right you know all the people that have died revenge against the empire but kind of her mindset switching of I'm not fighting to you know for attack revenge. and get revenge I'm fighting to save people right. and just that mindset switch that she had mm-hmm. you know you it really changes you're fighting Mm -hmm. it kind of puts you in more of a position of peace you know i'm fighting for something good rather than just being clouded by all these feelings of revenge and anger because that leads to anger and anger leads to hate and hate leads to to suffering (laughs) you know the way he says it suffering Suffering. (laughs) i can't do it while i'm laughing (laughs) okay so they finally get out of the stairwell you know, and as soon as I get to the top, there's Morgan waiting for them. Yeah. And of course, you know, Ahsoka, go stop Thrawn. I'll mm-hmm. deal with her. And then, you know, Sabine even argues, what about staying together? But I mean, Ahsoka, she's come so far, but she's still, you know, there's still some mindset yeah. habits. She tells Sabine and Ezra to go. And they do to try to stop Thrawn because even at that part, you know, the ship's starting to take off now, like realizing we don't have much time. Ahsoka and Morgan's duel was so good. It was good. It kind of, I was kind of comparing it mentally to their their former duel. Yeah. When in the Mandalorian to now, it was just so pretty. And, you know, since Morgan has leveled up, now you're facing not just a a lady with a Beskar staff. You're facing this Dathomirian witch with the Sword of Talzin. Yeah. That makes it so much cooler. And then not only are they just fighting with the swords, they're like kicking at each other, flipping each other, body slam. It's just like yeah. so much is happening that it made for a very intense duel. Mm-hmm. And it's even like at this point too, you really don't know what's going to happen after. Like I think Ahsoka survives until the sequels, right? Yeah. I'm pretty sure. So like I was kind of like, she's fine. She's fine. But even with Sabine and Ezra, you're like, at any moment, they could die. Yeah, I was I was really scared for all of them. Yeah. Really. And especially in that, that mm-hmm. moment. Because like you said, you're watching something that feels like just this ancient story happening. Yeah. But you're like, I don't know how it ends. Yeah. I don't know what's going to happen. And yeah. you're truly scared for these characters. But at the same time, you're like, they, they have to make it home they have to be okay yeah not just for my sanity (laughs) (laughs) no especially for my sanity um i honestly thought ezra ezra was gonna die 
Yeah, you were pretty pretty confident last week, and I was like, no, I can't handle that. I feel like it. I was set up. If he died, I think it would have been like the bro went to another galaxy just to die. Well, see, I thought it was going to prompt Sabine. Like, if he did die, oh. Sabine would be like, this is my fault. Whatever. I care more about you Ezra's story arc. <laughs> Honestly, true. like, I I love Sabine, especially her character development mm-hmm. just in this show. Now she's becoming one of my favorites. But Ezra's storyline, I've, I've been invested in this for yeah. years. So you can't just kill him. And you can't just kill Thrawn either. Oh, no. Like, he's way too good of a villain to be killed easily. Mm-hmm. Because he accounts for everything that's going to happen. Definitely. And he takes advantage of any situation he gets. And he sets up the situation so he can have the advantage. I'm really interested to see if he ever meets his downfall, what what it's going to be. Mm-hmm. What's going to, you know, take that turn. And the fact that, you know, being a Jedi, there's a lot of, you know, gray area in terms of taking, you know, someone's life, even if someone is bad at Thrawn. Like, Ezra spared Thrawn's life, you know? found a way to do it and took them to this other galaxy the part though where ezra and sabine you know they're making their way to the ship but then they get stopped again now they're they're back in battle i was just thinking of one part that was very ezra again which i feel like we can't say this enough because it was just it's ezra man he's fighting one of the troopers and he goes and he stabs him and he looks up at him like kind of the face of you dead buddy (laughs) did i get you nope did that work (laughs) yeah just kind of like that please die face yeah that was pretty funny and then you know there then there's sabine who she the the mask breaks on this this guy and he's so freaky underneath like what's that about is i have a feeling it probably has something to do with the night sisters you Mm -hmm. know because we don't really know where all of these troopers came from i think they're the ones that died on the ship with Thrawn like reawakened (gasps) twice yeah could be or even just like I don't know if they were already in the fortress just as soldiers of Mm. the Dathomirians or something kind of like this ancient soldier Mm -hmm. I don't know there's really a lot of mystery surrounding them Mm. but you know Sabine finally uses the force Mm -hmm. which again we were cheering at that part because we're like do it do it do it she did it yeah so that was that was amazing and it was such a classic thing too yeah. like to reach out for the lightsaber it reminded me a lot of the originals mm-hmm. in empire strikes back you know when luke gets captured by like the yeti guy mm-hmm. and he's reaches out to the force yeah it kind of reminded me of that moment like you get your lightsaber and you quickly take out yeah your opponent. and ezra did the exact same thing after mm-hmm. like just to see them both this this similarity like these or they grew up together, you know, yeah. and now where are they? Yeah. Well, even like they fought together for so long that it, Ezra's like, oh, she did that. I can do that too. <laughs> right? Yeah. I can do it better. <laughs> also, just a small detail as well is because this isn't the first time Sabine tried to use the force. Mm-hmm. And you always see this straining and you kind of you see it as she's not going to use the force because just the way her hand is, she's like reaching out to nothing. Right. Kind of a thing. And she even did this, you know, when she was pinned up against the wall. She reaches out. And it's almost like she's reaching out to nothing. But mm-hmm. then something changed where all of a sudden her hand changed to where she was reaching out 
through the force and you could almost see it Mm -hmm. and then the lightsaber comes to her just like that subtle detail of like you could you could see when she made the connection like there's this sense of peace that comes with it Mm -hmm. that she managed to find that pocket yeah and once you find it there's no going back well she started a trust in the force yeah and really understanding what ahsoka meant by that because you're like okay i trust in the force sure whatever because sabine knows it's a real thing i Mm -hmm. trust it but to have this new layer of i need to trust in it Mm -hmm. every single time yeah and to never doubt that it won't be there for me when i need it she even used that later when they go to jump onto the ship yeah because even ezra (laughs) you know because he's like uh we're not gonna make it she's like you jump I'll get you the rest of the way. Mm-hmm. He kind of goes to argue like Sabine, like, um, yeah, no offense, but she's like, Ezra, I can do this. Mm-hmm. I, I know I can do this. And he being Ezra trusts her mm-hmm. and is like, you know what? That confidence that she has is, is going to get me mm-hmm. all the way across. Yeah. Because Ezra trusts in the force too. Yeah. Can I say the the balance, the mixture, uh, uh, the mixture of original trilogy with Rebels. Rebels, yeah, was cracking me up because he goes to jump, he goes to run and jump across. He uses, you know, his force mm-hmm. jump. He's kind of he screams at first, just like, oh my gosh, I'm fully relying on Sabine now. Yeah, but then the force thing comes on and starts playing so dramatically when he gets that <laughs> second boost. You know, like the <laughs> echoing scream. Yeah, and he's just like, oh my gosh, it worked. Yep, and, and then, then he misses. Yeah, missing the the platform. That was also so rebels. It was. It oh was, my gosh, it was awesome. The part, though, you know, right before he goes to make the jump, you know, how she's like, mm-hmm. trust me, he's like, okay, and he turns and runs to get the yeah. I just, in my mind, memed it, just like, okay, turns and runs away, just yeah. like, nope. <laughs> but anyway, that was, that, that version of the Force theme, mm-hmm. just that dramatic, like, this is it. Yeah. Is Ezra gonna make it home or not? Yeah. And, <sighs> gosh. And he does. He does. But you also, okay, so Ahsoka gets, you know, cornered. Mm-hmm. But I was also thinking of, you know how Sabine sees Ahsoka fighting and is like, she's not going to make it. Yeah. If I leave, she told me to leave. Am I going to do that? So I was thinking like, because she turns and runs, does she stop at the edge of the platform and doesn't jump? Or does she, she jump up, you know, pull, Ezra pulls her up, does she say goodbye and then jump down? I think she... Or did she just altogether stop? I don't know. I was thinking the same thing. I think she probably just ran to tell Ezra, like, I can't leave her. Because can then, you imagine, like, a moment like that, though, if she did go up there to tell yeah. him goodbye? And, like, hey, I'll, I'll see you soon. Yeah. Well, even, like, her saying, I have to stay with Ahsoka. I have to save Ahsoka. And Ezra yeah. just immediately understanding what that's like. Because... He couldn't go back and save Kanan, mm-hmm. but but Sabine has that chance to save Ahsoka now. Yeah. And also, Ezra, he's going home, but he's going home alone, <laughs> which is really home sad. Alone too. He's all alone again. <laughs> but yeah, Ezra just having no look of hurt or fear on his face, 
mm-hmm. with this, with Sabine choosing to say to stay behind with Ahsoka rather than leaving with Ezra because he knows the importance of he knows the bond between a master and their Padawan. Mm-hmm. So he's not at all jealous because if he had the choice, he would do the exact same thing. Since also this place that they're at is such a Force-sensitive place, mm-hmm. it might have, you know, being a Force-sensitive there, you might have certain, you know, pulls in different directions mm-hmm. and, like, pulls in your thoughts. Like, you know, I really feel like they're meant to be here right now. Yeah. Like there's something going on. And what ends up happening might be end up being bigger than Thrawn even. Yeah. Because... Balin's searching for something a lot bigger than himself mm-hmm. right now, which is still kind of, I feel like we're leading everyone on. We're going to get to it. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. <laughs> okay, but going to the part where Sabine comes back for Ahsoka, because Ahsoka kind of realizes, like, I'm surrounded. Morgan's, you know, yeah. she's got me cornered. Ezra and Sabine are safe. They're going back. But... Mm. You know, she's like, there's nothing really I can do left. But then Sabine comes. And, you know, that just kind of reinvigorates Ahsoka. You know, like, she came back for me. Like, she's making us stay together no matter, Mm -hmm. regardless of what I said. Sabine came back. And just that fight is just so beautiful. Now you see Sabine using her lightsaber and her blaster in harmony. And then there's Ahsoka. Ahsoka's one of her lightsabers broke. Yeah. Which I feel like that warranted another gasp from us. Yeah. But just seeing Ahsoka and Sabine, you know, with this this strong mm. bond, it's strengthening every second. Like, a master and Padawan are always going to be stronger together. Yeah. Like, even if, you know, the Padawan in the case is, you know, not as strong or as skilled as the master, they're really, there's a difference mm-hmm. when they're together. and. Yeah. You know, Ahsoka took out Morgan, not just with her lightsaber, but with the sword of Talzin. And the great mothers immediately sense that. They say, Morgan's dead. And they kind of knew it had to be done. Because even, I was thinking, the, the great mothers had just promoted Morgan, you know, yeah. to be one of them, one of the witches. And then they just turn and leave, too. Like, when Thrawn goes and walks on the ship, they not even a goodbye, not even a nothing. They just turn and leave, mm-hmm. just like yeah, we're gonna we're gonna be on there too. You're just sacrificing yourself, and then just yeah. kind of stating like, oh, she died, and then Thrawn, you know, giving the order of you know bomb the fortress. The great mothers were even they kind of looked at him side eyed like, this place has a depth to it, you know, to them because mm-hmm. this is you know not only Peridia but this is their home. Yeah, where it's rumored that the the Dathomirians where they began. So that has that has a lot of meaning to them yeah. just in their culture. So they're kind of like surprised that he gave that order as well. Mm-hmm. But Theron's really just trying to do any means necessary to stop Ahsoka from coming. Yeah. And then, you know, it's back showing Ezra on the platform. You know, the troopers like, you know, we're sending more reinforcements to your location. Yeah. He's like, you know, takes over the calm like, okay, thanks for the tip. Which is such an Ezra thing to do. Like, we've seen him do that countless of times in Rebels. Yeah, and no one's there. Yeah. No one is there to hear him say that. So he's just just saying it to himself. Thanks for the tip. I just picture him from then on. You know, he puts on the trooper gear and just kind of 
I bet he keeps minds that his own business. Oh, I bet he does. <laughs> Did you see the detail of his his armor? How it looks like the armor that he's wearing is like the dog tags of the i did see that i was like that's a really cool detail yeah because i heard that going around and i was like really mm-hmm. so I, I looked deeper i was like yeah i could see that because even earlier in the show thrown had mentioned like something we've lost enough yeah mm-hmm. we've lost enough troopers so ezra is definitely you know had run-ins with the troopers mm-hmm. before and when you're in a place like peridia you use any resource you can for protection and that's what Ezra does best is he survives. Mm-hmm. That's what he's always been doing. So it kind of reminded me like him, you know, always collecting the helmets mm-hmm. to now, you know, collecting the dog tags yeah. to use practically. Which is a little morbid. Like, it is. These are the dog tags that I stole from the people that I have killed. Yep. Also another detail too of whenever they're referencing their galaxy, they call it home. Yeah. Because on both sides. Yeah, Ahsoka had asked Sabine, where's Ezra? And Sabine replied, he's going home. And the whole time, you know, Ezra only refers to it as home. He even says that in Rebels. Mm -hmm. So it's just, it's just something so simple. Not even like, oh, he's going back to our galaxy. It's like, he's going home. Mm -hmm. It it makes saying that so much deeper and just more heartfelt. Yeah, because he's been away from home for so long. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and how they tried to get home but they couldn't yeah like they try to catch up with him even the part because it you know this is it's so Hmm. ahsoka now she's not as serious because they're fighting you know now the the fortress is being bombed and Ahsoka's like hey you want to get out of here yeah so he's like sure let's go let's go jump off the edge there despite the circumstances that are happening around them they have these little moments still you know and then they, you know, try to chase down mm. Thrawn. You know, as we're as we're nearing to the close, I'm kind of getting excited. This was like where the majority mm-hmm. of my favorite parts were. Yeah. So Ahsoka and Sabine, you know, they're trying to chase down Thrawn. And then, and then the eye, I, I you know, keep using hand motions every time. The <laughs> eye compared to their shuttle. Yeah. Is huge. And I was really hoping because it looked like a huge hyperspace ring, you know, yeah. when Morgan's building. I was like... What, are they going to put a, a ship in there? They did. They did. They did. A giant star cruiser. Not just any. This is Thrawn's, a chimera. Yeah. This is Thrawn's repaired ship. And it's repaired with gold. Like, nothing's cooler. Wow. Just little the, extra. The small details. Like, everything down to the details of Thrawn's ship. You yeah. know what I mean? This this show has been amazing so far. I mean, I, I really root for season two. Me too. Or, you know, Dave Filoni's movie which I really hope is centered around this because seeing everyone team up to try to stop this threat Mm -hmm. would be huge. You know, Thrawn could have easily taken off. They were prepared to jump into super hyperspace, whatever you want to call it. But he's like, you know what? Connect us. Patch us through. I want to talk to Ahsoka real quick. And how he says, you know, Ahsoka Tano, allow me to commend you on your effort today. You're a worthy opponent. Ahsoka kind of like, okay, where's he going with this? Mm-hmm. And he said, you know, he even goes on to say, I regret we've never met face to face. And yeah. now, you know, we might never meet face to face because yeah. you're going to be stuck here, ma'am. But, you know, once Thrawn gets the pleasantries out of the way, mm-hmm. he goes on to say, I know you. 
because I knew your master and your strategies are similar. Mm -hmm. I predicted your every move. Even like he, you could see he was afraid, you know, when trying to distract Ahsoka and slow her down, but never for a moment did he underestimate her. Right. And he was just, you know, throwing everything he could at her. So he says, you know, you're very similar. One might wonder how similar mm. you might become. Just again, kind of like what Balin did mm -hmm. with her. Like, your legacy is one of death and darkness. Where Thrawn is like, you know, you guys are pretty similar. Mm -hmm. And how when Ahsoka hears that, she kind of takes it. And you don't get much of a reaction. You don't get that reaction of, no, I, I reject that. Don't say that. It's not mm. true. Just kind of like taking it like, can you believe this guy? What he's saying right now? And how he even says, you know, he calls her a Ronin mm -hmm. Jedi. Which, you know, that's that's term is Japanese for like a wandering samurai with no master. Mm -hmm. And so this is how he refers to her, which is exactly what she is. Except he, he missed one detail is she has a master. He doesn't know that. Anakin's still there for her right. and will always be there for her. He doesn't know about Luke. He doesn't know right? every detail because <gasps> he was in Peridia. Can so, you imagine Luke or Thrawn finding out, like him just hearing the name Luke Skywalker? Yeah. And like Skywalker. I knew a Skywalker once. <laughs> these these details, you know, just pulling in because this isn't the first time they've used the Japanese terms, you know, because... Right. A couple episodes before, Balin had referred to Ezra as a Boken Jedi. Yeah. You know, or kind of like not not the real deal. Yeah. Or even the practice of filling in the broken pieces with gold with mm -hmm. Thrawn's ship and uh, his stormtroopers. Yeah. It just goes to show Dave Filoni's research mm -hmm. and him pulling in these aspects. Because he's always had this samurai take mm -hmm. on Ahsoka. And especially once she came into live action yeah. and in Rebels, you can see that too. But him using these terms as well. Even like, it again goes to show Thrawn's devotion to for the Empire and how much he truly believes in that cause. And like you were talking about earlier, his conviction for it. And mm -hmm. he's just like, today victory is mine. Like yeah. you failed because I predicted every single thing that you did. And it, it's for the glory of the Empire. And on my way home, you're not. Yeah. And how he might have ideas of Balin, hmm. where Balin's going, oh, yeah. what he's looking for. But did he really, did he know everything about Peridia? Mm -hmm. Or did he stay with the Dathomirian side? He didn't go to the Mortis side. Okay. The first hints that you get of this this Mortis tease is Ahsoka Morai. sees Morai. You know, because they go back to the turtles. Where else do you go? These guys are great. To the turtles. Which, you know, it's funny. They look more like snails than turtles. They but do. But I just, turtles is what came out. And turtles is what's well, they're really like, sticking. They're turtle snails. They have turtle shells, but they have But even at snail. the same time, snails Body. have shells too. But they're not all that curly. That they kind of hide. They tuck up into them. You know what I mean? Same with turtles. I don't know. You know how it kind of reminded me of Andor, the end of episode three, where, you know, kind of a lot went down to where Cassian's on the run, Tim had died, mm -hmm. and Bix was there, and it's kind of showing yeah. different people's perspectives of things, mm -hmm. and how this finale, you know, there's the amazing music playing, 
there's, you know, showing different perspectives. Ahsoka sees Morai. You see Shin. She ran to the bandits. Mm-hmm. Ezra's and, home. And kind of for Shin taking, she kind of drew one last lesson from Balin because one of the last things that he had taught her was the enemy of our enemy is a friend. He said that when, you know, they mm. kind of teamed up with these bandits. And so then she returns to them. And then you see as Ezra had gone home mm-hmm. and just that reunion. And Chopper recognizing it first. That That's what got me was when Chopper was like, I know this. He might have even scanned him. But the fact oh, yeah. that he wasn't like, oh, guys, that's Ezra. <laughs> he's just kind of like, wah, wah, wah. like, who knows what he's saying? Who the heck is like, this guy? Is it you? Is it He's really pretty you? short. He <laughs> looks short, a little thin. I should go get a closer look. I should get a closer look. It's just so funny. And then the fact that Ezra didn't even like, take off his helmet when he mm-hmm. walked out. He's like, I'm going to be a little dramatic here. You know? He just puts his hand on Chopper's head. And I was like, bro, don't do that. He's going <laughs> to chop your hand off. Chop, was, chop. <laughs> He's going to chop your hand off. That's uh, Chopper's <laughs> new motto. Chop, chop. <laughs> don't touch me. But then, you know, he takes off the helmet and it takes Hera a minute. Because yeah. Ezra's grown. And to, he has you know, a ask, like, Ezra, is that you? And then, yeah. so simple. Hi, Hera. I'm home. <laughs> and then it cuts. It's also like as when she puts down her blaster everybody behind her does too yeah it just goes to show you know like her the loyalty they have for her yeah even when she first cool. puts up her blaster it's like in perfect unison she's like don't and they're yeah. like don't you know like they yeah. follow suit so yeah and it like what it means for ezra to be home now too like now ezra is living proof that thrawn is alive and thrawn is coming back yeah and so now senator ziono can get a big slap in the face by Hera, please. Mm-hmm. I'm really looking forward to that. And Ezra, t- you know, coming back to say not only Thrawn's coming, Thrawn is mm-hmm. here. Thrawn is on Dathomir. Yeah, with three great mothers. Mm-hmm. But, but, it is time. It is time to talk about Balin. Okay. That scene. Okay, because you see Balin and we're like, okay, where is he going? What's calling to him? You see him on, you know, the statue. It pans out. We're like, no, is that? Is it? Because we were is like, it, is that is the father? That? Is that the father? <gasps> and then it pans out and you see the son. And we were just, you know, we lost. We lost it everything was, that we had. Because <laughs> it was his. It was the father. It, it was. And it was. Oh, my gosh. It Okay. Because we, we have been talking about, you know, the possibility of Mortis, mm-hmm. the theories going around and just, you know, especially is, with the world between yeah. worlds, like it, what is calling to Balin? Yeah. And is Peridia a place like Mortis? You know, just seeing Morai there too as the daughter. Mm-hmm. And even, you know, you, you see the statues. There's the yeah. father, son and daughter, but the daughter was broken. Yeah. Which could just be that she died. Well, the ancientness died. of this place, you know, the statues yeah. kind of corrode. But, I mean, she did die. They all died. But I feel like her death was the most meaningful. Mm -hmm. Because she gave her last bit of life to save Ahsoka. Mm -hmm. Which is why Morai and Ahsoka are so closely connected and just associated with each other. But just for something like this. In Rebels, you know in the World Between Worlds episode, how Morai's there. Mm -hmm. In the World Between Worlds with Ezra. And just, you know, now to see Morai here, like... This is all connected. Yeah. Because we were talking a bit about that too, is Peridia being such a, a Force-sensitive place, is that connected to the world between worlds? Like the Force is all coming together. Well, even how Ezra was really sensitive to the world between worlds. Yeah. So maybe 
the reason why they ended up in Prydia was because of that connection Ezra had. Yeah, which is now connected also to the space whales. Right. Because they go there to die. Yeah. And now we <sighs> you know this is a very significant place. To see not just Balin, but this this last moment, this last scene we had with Balin was our look at Ray Stevenson. Yeah. It was his last performance we see of him as Balin. So it made it so much deeper as yeah. well to just have this moment of significance, moment of remembrance for, yeah. you know, just Ray Stevenson. It was such an incredible performance because for an actor to be in a scene like that without saying a thing and mm -hmm. just having a presence on their own, it's pretty incredible. Yeah. And whether or not that presence is, is one of like remembrance for Ray Stevenson or just because the weight of his character and how well he played it yeah i mean both of those you know different aspects mm -hmm. really came hand in hand in that scene yeah it was it was just a really beautiful scene mm -hmm. and just such a tribute to his life yeah and his legacy yeah and I, i'm really interested with balin's character now this place is calling to him and now it's not just some place this is mortis yeah and if you're unfamiliar with mortis or need a refresher you can go to the clone wars season 3 episode 15 16 and 17 that's where you find out kind of the start of you know mortis the father the son and the daughter and just their roles in the force which is a really really interesting concept especially with star wars because it has something to do, you know, so closely related to the Force because now the father, son, and daughter are dead. We're, we've been talking about the state of Mortis after the three gods had died. And, you know, the question, does there need to be someone to rise to take their places? Or is it kind of like they died and so that's just kind of now just a place hmm. of just kind of sitting dormant? And I mean, it might be dormant right now and there might be, have been no one to rise to take their place, but maybe Balin's seeking that. Yeah. Seeking to be a balance in the force. And why specifically it's calling to Balin is it because he began to notice this trend and, you know, it was just the force reached out to him in that way because I can't see him. It's kind of hard to see based off of him, you know, because you think oh, he's more Sith than he is light. How can he be a balance? I wonder if he's, like, being called by a remnant of the sun. I mean, because you see in the Mortis arc, in the Clone Wars, none of them were really, like, <laughs> they weren't very nice, the yeah. Mortis gods. And even, you know, the daughter could be a bit edgy, and the son, you know, was just, like, this emo child. Yeah. And then not even the father, you know, he had this authority to him, but he wasn't the nicest about it. Mm -hmm. And that kind of fits Balin's character. Yeah, it yeah. fits Balin's character. And is he trying to search for something that he can't have? Yeah. You know, because well, the force, that's a big aspect of the force. And is he just, you know, kind of searching for something that will never come to fruition? Which I think that may be the case because I think the father's rule has already been fulfilled with Anakin. Yeah, and even if Anakin, while he was alive, had fulfilled that purpose, because it's even a greater purpose. It goes deeper than just 
the current state of the mm-hmm. galaxy. It goes to this battle of the light against the dark. Mm-hmm. And he might have fulfilled, you know, while he was alive, the the role of being the chosen one of yeah. bringing balance to the force. But that's a that's a constant, consistent job. And it, yeah. it definitely goes deeper than just, you know, the Republic and the Empire just against each other. So what's Anakin doing as a Force ghost? Is he more than just, you know, a part of the Force? Because once you die and become one with the Force, one with the cosmic Force, you kind of, you live on through that, but does, does Anakin's role go deeper than that? We saw him in the World Between Worlds, and when he was there... He didn't have his force ghost appearance. He yeah. was more physical. But then when you see him here on Peridia in the, the closing scene, he was a force ghost. So it's just raising further questions for where Anakin's at. What would you think if if Balin were to seek out Mortis? And let's say, for all intents and purposes, that he's more specifically searching for this role as the mm-hmm. father, son, and daughter. Which role would he have? I think we can ex-nay the daughter. <laughs> Would it be more the father or more the son? I think he could be seeking the role of the father, but because of seeking that power, he can be the son. Mm. Because that's exactly what the son did as well, is he wanted his father's power, right? Yeah. And that ended up, you know, destroying him. Yeah, and how this would end up because... If that's the power Balin's searching for, he's, you know, he's human. He's mm-hmm. very physical and a part of the galaxy, whereas the father, son, and daughter were more just force-sensitive beings. Mm-hmm. And Anakin was a candidate for becoming the father in right. his eyes, and would that have ever, would that have transformed Anakin, mm-hmm. you know, who he was? And if that's what, if is that what Balin's searching for? Or is it just relating to Mortis? Because, mm-hmm. <laughs> again, this is Dave Filoni. He yeah. could be, you know, doing some new aspect of the Force that's closely tied to Mortis. Yeah. You know, I was also thinking, too, just the fact that these statues are there mm. of the father, son, and daughter. Like, who made these statues? Because we know there was the an turtles. ancient... <laughs> There's more to these turtles than we know. <laughs> but you know how, like, there was an ancient civilization of the Dathomirians... But was, were there other ancient civilizations that, mm. you know, were just Extremely more closely tied to Mortis? You know, I feel like throughout all of Ahsoka, just with this ancient stuff being brought up on Peridia, I was thinking a lot about Jedi Fallen Order mm-hmm. and, like, the Zepho. Mm. I didn't think about the Zepho. Really? Yeah, because there's Zepho gods too, right? Mm-hmm reminds me of the mortis gods yeah and just how similar these different things are in the galaxy and how some of it's starting to tie together Mm -hmm. and i'm really excited to see the future of this this place on peridia mortis yeah huge is it actually mortis i would say no okay not how we saw it in the clone wars though right because what is Mortis exactly? Is it one mm-hmm. specific place or is it's it a pocket of the force? Yeah, because they're in another galaxy. What if this is the ancient start of Mortis? And, you know, because mm. in the Clone Wars, when they go to Mortis, it's just this thing in the galaxy mm-hmm. that pulls them closer. And then, and you know, in that episode, Anakin, Obi-Wan, and Ahsoka, you know, were at these coordinates. Rex was at the same coordinates, but yeah. was like, I can't see you guys. 
So there's the question, too, of where did they go? They were in some pocket of the force. Yeah. And what's Balin's experience with that? Does he fully understand it or is he just being called there? Mm. What had awakened that call in him? Which kind of aligns, too, with Morgan was called to Peridia, but for an entirely different reason. Yeah. And him not taking Shin there with him. Yeah. leaving her behind and going on to find this place and then because you even see him he's there standing you know on a statue they're pointing the way to something in the distance and you see it that's shining true. up there like that's a destination it's like a physical destination that's somehow entwined with mortis mm. and when he gets there like who knows what he's going to do that power between worlds yeah if it's another entrance is it something bigger than that but also Ahsoka even starting to realize where they're at. Because yeah. once she sees Morai, she's kind of like, this she's like, I haven't seen Morai in a while. Maybe the last time she saw Morai was on Malachor. Because mm-hmm. Morai was there after she had fought Vader. So like, maybe that was the last time that she had seen this bird. And it's mm-hmm. kind of like, because I mean, there were theories too that Morai was in the Mandalorian. Yeah, Because you do an see an owl. But to see Morai here, you know, just kind of like, acting like more i was so excited to see that bird yeah and you know Soka just kind of like yeah i think we're where we're supposed to be right now and ezra's where he needs to be Mm -hmm. and even telling sabine it's time to move on even sabine sensing something whether it was mortis related or if it was just anakin's force ghost that she was sensing yeah she sensed that ripple in the force Mm -hmm. and ahsoka recognizing that too like asking what what is it what Mm -hmm. do you see because at this point i'm gonna believe anything you tell me right now and you know sabine just oh it's nothing just shadows in the starlight Mm. okay the part ahsoka you know walks up to the ridge where sabine was Mm. the music that came on and just the look of it i'm getting chills right now Mm -hmm. as i just said that and then looking out seeing anakin giving the small nod of like we're where we are supposed to be right now I have my Padawan. She's become a part of this legacy. She could probably, like, yeah. she maybe could have sensed Anakin, Sabine, because yeah. now she's connected to this legacy that ties to Anakin. Yeah. Ahsoka might not have all of the answers right now with why they're there, but she knows they're there for a reason and that she she remembers Mortis, you know? She remembers mm-hmm. this place that she's been to and just, you know, kind of like, we're prepared for anything. It's even, like, more to Ahsoka's development, but her sensing and, I guess, knowing that it's Anakin that she's sensing there, too. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, I'm not just here with my Padawan. I'm also here with my master. Like, he never, he's not going to leave me. Yeah. And it says a comfort after what Thrawn had told her. Yeah. Calling her a wandering samurai with mm-hmm. no master. Like, mm-hmm. you two are so similar. I wonder how similar you might be. And he's thinking in terms of Darth Vader, but mm-hmm. now she's here, her master's there, and she's thinking, yeah, I wonder how similar we might become. Yeah. In a good way. Yeah. And she's already been through that recently, mm-hmm. of where she's like, that's not really affecting me anymore, because I know who I was trained by. I know what he became. I know who I am. Yeah. She's already at peace with that. And even in such a short amount of time, because before when Balin had said this to her, it really shook her. But mm-hmm. then all she needed was her master. Yeah. 
and it completely turned her around to where she took the same exact accusations but this time was completely unaffected by mm-hmm. it and turned it for good mm-hmm. and anakin's there watching like he's he's never gonna leave her you know he's always there with her this was just such an amazing show even down to the end credits because you know now the end credits you know just show the the score was different than the usual yeah. closing and it was just so triumphant but then how about halfway through it melded back into the score we've been hearing at the end credits and now you know you, you see the end credits because I, I know pretty early on someone had translated you know what it meant it was basically just showing us ahsoka's journey hmm. all the way to peridia and just this is this is the place they need to be this place of importance because it's gone so much further now than just finding ezra because they sent ezra home but now there's more reasons why they need to be there and it's because of Balin and because of Mortis that was discovered and Ahsoka's going to be a part of that. It's just, it's crazy like that this is where Star Wars is right now. Like yeah. we are in another galaxy. This feels to me like the the forefront of Star Wars right now, not mm-hmm. even more like the shows have all been kind of like side stories, but this feels like the focus right mm-hmm. now. You know how in Marvel, how they have the multiverse? Mm-hmm. And then now in Star Wars, we have this other galaxy. Like, I know it's not the same thing, but when the show first started, I was really worried that it would have the same feel. Mm. But I think because there's a reason why there's another galaxy, mm-hmm. it's much better because it's not a way to get more content. It adds to the story. Yeah. Rather than just being like, oh, we get to see our favorite characters again. Yeah, I get it. And getting to see the characters progress yeah and not just like oh yeah good character development this mm-hmm. is like huge sabine has the force yeah ahsoka we've seen her grow up her entire life yeah and now she's at this point in her life that's just it's so important it's such an important part of the story she is such an important part of star wars mm. it's really cool and um we had put out you know last night right after the episode dropped like we usually do you know the listener notes shout out and we've gotten responses on those so i figured we go through the list a lot of them we we talked about in you know just Mm -hmm. throughout the episode we didn't give a shout out at the beginning we were just kind of we kind of just kind of got right off the bat you know just started talking about ahsoka so yeah we're here now to say the listener notes i i think (laughs) i'm gonna say the first one which was my favorite my favorite one it was more of a, a comment than a listener note to go over, but is, can we take the Nodi home and let them live on Endor with the Ewoks on a planet of cuteness? Yes, yes, we can. I responded. I was like, yeah, we totally can. can kidnap the Nodi. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, we know, I mean, I think we, we just more headcanon made the Ewoks pretty shady. But yeah, we definitely did. <laughs> They're secretly an Ewok. <laughs> but I mean, imagine, I wonder how they would get along. You know, the turtles and the Ewoks. I feel like well, naturally they get along very, very well. Well, I mean, the Nodi are peaceful. Yeah. And the Ewoks, I mean, they try to kill Luke. And- they they definitely <laughs> um, are a little more extreme little guys <laughs> than the Nodi. Yeah. I mean, imagine the Nodi finding Ezra for the first time or vice versa. Like, the Nodi are more, like, 
timid mm-hmm. preachers than the Ewoks who are more like, yo, I got a staff and I'm not afraid to use it. <laughs> and, you know, I just picture them finding Ezra the first time like, oh, hey, we got this guy to protect us now. Yeah. Anyway, I, I really like that comment. I know you have the other ones. Though. Oh, yeah. One of them is, why have we not seen Zeb? That's a great question. I agree. We got a Zeb mention. Yeah, and I, I know we just said this earlier, but when Ezra's writing up, you're just like, where is Zeb? Let's just accept <laughs> the fact that we're not going to see our favorite purple guy. But he had to be there, yeah, and he I, wasn't. I really want to see Zeb. I really wanted to see Callus. But yeah. I understand they're not in this. But in the movie, it's it very be. possible. Like, what if it's just a, a scene of them, you know, on a ship or whatever, and Callus just walks up. You're just like, oh. With his, his mutton chops. Yeah. <laughs> just like, you you have to know that it would be Callus because nobody else would still have mut- mutton chops. Definitely. Definitely. And a helmet that goes with it. <laughs> yeah, we're still waiting on Zeb. We need a Zeb, Ezra, Hera, Sabine, Chopper. Just see them all together. Jason. Mm. I need it all. Mm-hmm. Where did Ezra get his kyber crystal from? That's a good question because I was thinking that too and kind of just assumed he Wang had one. Mm. Or even, like, I wonder if on Peridia there's kyber crystals there too. It's possible and he might have found one and picked mm. it up. Because, like, I mean, there, there were... Thing? There were planets, you know, that had a lot of kyber crystals yeah. on them. So Peridia, I mean, I would not be surprised given, mm-hmm. you know, the reputation of this place. Yeah. What's the next one? I mean, there's more to statues, which we talked about. Oh, yeah. Sabine using the force. Morgan becoming a proper witch. Rip Ahsoka's lightsaber. <laughs> Ezra being home. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Which we did talk about. Season two, please, which oh. you said. Yeah, I, I'll take season two, please. I wonder if Mandalorian season four will have anything to do with Ahsoka. Yeah. And also, you know, just Carson Teva's connections mm-hmm. that he has to Mando. Like, hey, there's something going on you should know about. Yeah. Or even Bo-Katan we, knowing yeah. Ahsoka. I mean, if anyone goes to Mandalore even, you know, to kind of like, hey, we heard you guys are a thing now. Let's let's go. Which you had mentioned Sabine now being mm-hmm. a force sensitive Mandalorian, like the first Mandalore, Tar Vizsla, she really falls in line with She's that. House Vizsla. Wow. Just that that connection that she has now to the first mm-hmm. Mandalore. And if she'll ever go back because right now she's got bigger bigger things going on. Because yeah. now she's she's more Jedi than she is Mandalorian mm-hmm. at this point. Because she she you know, we know her her conviction to mandalore yeah. and her people is very strong but she's kind of far far away right now she also doesn't know that bo is currently rebuilding mandalore mm-hmm. and that she has the dark saber again yeah all of that fun stuff just joining the clans together i would love season two of ahsoka please yeah definitely but again if it's leading up to dave filoni's movie mm-hmm. imagine going to the theater to watch <laughs> this let's go oh my gosh What's the next note? Take my money. That's the next note? Okay. Uh, <laughs> it's, I'm glad Thrawn didn't die, which we did talk oh. about. Yeah. Like, he's, he's too, too good. good. He's too good to die. He's, he's too, too good smart. of a villain to just, to kill yeah. like that. He had to come back. That's all of them. Oh, nice. Nice. Can we take a moment about the music, though? The score? Like, just, I feel like when Kevin Kiner just 
perfectly captures Ahsoka's character. Hmm. Especially in the last scene. Just, it's Ahsoka's theme and it's so hopeful and yet there's still like this underlying, there's more here. There's there's more that's coming. Just all of this untouched future Mm -hmm. and possibilities. Yeah. I really appreciate Kevin Kiner's style. How, with a, a lot of times scores will kind of play a theme like let's say you're doing a Sogos theme in in a set in a setting like this you go like dun 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 mm-hmm. dun dun and then you'd stop yeah and you're like you didn't give me the 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 completion yeah dun, dun, dun. and but he always always fulfills it so then when you hear a Sogos theme you hear the complete version same with Sabine's theme it doesn't kind of stop halfway through playing mm-hmm. where you're like no don't do that yeah. it, it always he always finishes yeah just such a setup man mm-hmm. and just can you believe like at the start of soka having no idea how it was gonna end this is how it ended there in like the best way I mean, you keep saying it balin put it this is a land of dreams and madness we're yeah. here we're a place where mortis could be a thing Hmm. and to see balin seeing the bigger picture yeah of like jedi order empire republic meaningless compared to this place this is in the end what really matters to him you know it's just it's crazy to see that i'm really excited to see what happens next Mm -hmm. especially with thrawn going back home yeah because he's going to be thrust in the middle of the New Republic. New Republic is going to be caught off guard. Mm-hmm. And Thrawn is going to start piecing together what's happened in the past couple of years. Mm-hmm. His world's kind of getting bigger too. Mm. You know, with just these possibilities of yeah. achieving his goals in a new way. Mm. Thrawn has always been a remarkable villain. And I'm really excited to see him continue on in the future. Mm-hmm. No matter how long the wait is. Because yeah. I have a feeling we might be waiting a while. So this officially concludes our Ahsoka reviews oh, yeah. of All Ahsoka sad. Season 1. This has been a really fun time. Mm-hmm. I'm really excited. I, I really loved... All of you guys listening as well, just reaching out with your thoughts, your opinions. I loved, you know, sometimes I would wake up the next morning to a message from someone like, oh my gosh, did you watch Ahsoka? <laughs> like that, that was some of the best. Yeah. Some of my favorite moments was just getting to talk with you guys about this show. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, doing some lives. We're definitely doing lives going on in the future. We're going to start a book club, you know, over the next few months. We're probably going to start out with Soka because, mm-hmm. well... We just finished Ahsoka. Ahsoka. So thank you guys, every single one of you listening, for joining us on this journey of Ahsoka, reviewing Ahsoka. Man, we made it all the way to Peridia. <laughs> yep. This is crazy. So yeah, <laughs> we're, we're super excited to get back, you know, with our next show review in mm-hmm. the future. But thank you guys so much for joining us for this one, for this show. We really had a great time. Yeah. So as as we close... If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please be sure to leave us five stars. If you got time, write us a review because they really help out the podcast. And we love reading them. We'll give a shout out on a future episode. Speaking of shout outs. We have one shout out. Which (laughs) I think we're more excited for this than we should be. (laughs) Because it's one star. But we're going to do it anyway. You want to read it? Nah. 
It's with no context. Sounds like you said no. Nah, you don't want to read it. But the review said nah, <laughs> nah, bruh. Which nah. I feel like we say that all the time. <laughs> you do. You say it a lot. Nah, bruh. That was that was our one star review. It just said nah, nah. By da. <laughs> which or the headline or the, what is it? Is it a headline? Yeah, I guess the. I don't know. Yeah, the head the heading. I guess. The, yeah, the heading is just. sure we'll take it which really i gotta say one star reviews really don't affect us (laughs) especially i guess one like this 4.8 instead of five yeah but so yeah please go give us some five stars on apple we we can get back up to five stars it's still possible and i mean in in the podcasting world you're gonna get criticism Mm -hmm. some might just be nah (laughs) But we really, you just move on. It's yeah. nothing really personal. So. And we listen if it's if it's good advice. If it was a review, like, oh my gosh, the host is so annoying. I would leave the podcast. No, I'm kidding. Yeah. <laughs> so what? <laughs> Get out of your room. <laughs> You're fine. You're not wanted. <laughs> no, but I mean, even so, like, there's a lot of, especially being in a socially charged world, I mm-hmm. guess, where there's social media and stuff. Anyone can leave a review on this podcast, yeah. and it's not all going to be good. Mm-hmm. So you just you prepare for it and just let it roll off your back. Yeah. I mean, I thought it was pretty funny. I, I was pretty entertained by it, actually. <laughs> yeah. I was just like, because I saw it and I was like, what does that even mean? I was like, you know what? This doesn't even mean anything. Yeah. <laughs> And just was like, okay, that, that was kind of funny. Yeah, and also, like, even if it's not your vibe, that's completely fine, too. Like, yeah. if that's what that comment means, then that's fine. Because really, this podcast isn't for everybody. Yeah. This is more if you if you enjoy, well, one, who your hosts are. Yeah. Just, you know, the age and, you know, being young adult fans, being female fans, mm-hmm. being into the lore. Yeah. More like, and not being that, I guess, stereotyped nerd. Yeah. And appreciating good scores and good storytelling. Mm-hmm. I would say that's where our podcast is more geared towards the elite fans. So congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> the cool fans. Congratulations. You're elite in our eyes. If you're elite, send us a DM, please, and just say... <laughs> the elite score squadron. We're, we're the elite. Like, elites on top. Tell us something. If you if you heard that. We love our score squadron. We, we really do. do. Yeah. You guys are really the greatest when we started the podcast i never would have imagined we would have like this like join this community of people and just getting to talk to you guys i talk to a couple of you guys like at least every single day Mm -hmm. and i just it's it's so amazing getting to know all of you and whether we've never officially met or we've met at cons it's just it's so cool this is really really amazing i love i love talking to y'all and we're not, like, just saying that because everybody says that about their community. But, but like, I think for us, we really do mean it because mm-hmm. it is a very cool experience to be able to share our thoughts and also have people who share the same thoughts as well. Yeah, and sharing your thoughts. That's one mm-hmm. of the reasons why we started the listener notes yeah. was because you guys have really cool thoughts as well. Yeah. And just being able to talk about your thoughts on a specific thing Mm -hmm. is just it's really fun or you just you know requesting to hear what we have to say on it and just in a good positive way because Mm -hmm. we're gonna find that 
we all have different opinions on things yeah no one ever agrees but just to be like you know what agree that we have different opinions Mm -hmm. or someone says something you're like i never thought that that is a very good thought just to just grow closer together through that so we're super excited in the future to do that yeah thank you guys so much again for joining us on this journey of ahsoka we will be talking to y'all very soon until next time i have spoken mcclunky It's very, we keep saying refreshing, but it is refreshing to see. It is. It's, um, it's late. (laughs) It is. I thought somebody started mowing their lawn. I'm like, it's 12 o'clock. That's a car. I know, but I was like, excuse me? Your face. (laughs) We're going to be, No. I felt like you were going to go give that lawnmower guy some words. I've been like, first of all, it's 12 o'clock. Second of all, I'm recording, recording a, a podcast. podcast. <laughs> Dare you to go up to Andy Circus at Dallas, Dallas and do Andy, that. Andy, you swim? I can't swim. You know I'm recording, so <laughs> this can be a <laughs> It looked really thin. Like I, I, I would go with it. I, I, yeah. <laughs> I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> I know, right? So aggressive. Republic services. <gasps> After this, we're gonna get into the TIE Fighter attack. Thank you, and good night.